Oh my god. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing. Love that it. Is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Let's come and get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. Today's guest is a multi-talented creative force. Pop a pencil, paintbrush or slab of clay in her hands and you will see pure magic. She's a self-taught, multidisciplinary artist who is just creating the most exquisite works from her gorgeous home in New Zealand. It's with the greatest pleasure that I get to welcome the insanely talented Carmel Vanderhoven to Jumbled Loves a Chat today. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to be finally chatting, like face-to-face, even though it's over the ditch. I mean, been selling your art, we've been chatting on Instagram, but we've never actually met properly, so it's quite strange. Yeah, nice to meet you, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> And I've been setting up your exhibition um, that we're currently showing at the Sonic and every piece that we unwrapped is just so phenomenal. Like I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you're not cross-eyed because every piece is just so detailed and amazing and I, I can't wait to get to know you even more. Yeah, cool, cool. cool. And for everyone to get to know you. It's definitely a... Um... Some intense work for the last, I think, four, three months, four months, four months. I know it's <laughs> been a it's been a total labor of love. This one, and um, I've been, you know, I think you were one of the first artists we reached out to when we decided that we wanted to do an exhibition space at the shop. But I mean, that was during lockdown. Yeah. But it takes you so long to create these pieces that. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely um, time consuming, and I've I've tried to cheat before, like speed it, and it just doesn't work. So you can't speed I it up. Have a max like four hour work period I can paint, and then eventually I start getting a bit sloppy, and so that's will be four hours every day. Gosh, so you can't do any you can't do any longer than four hours. No, I've tried like five hours. Um, when I'm really, really pushed, I've, like, come back to it. So I had a break and stuff. But it's like I get, like, burnout. I just can't seem to see properly or do anything properly. And um, then I end up not cooking dinner because I'm just <laughs> all, all my creativeness is gone. I'm just like, eh, here's an oven pizza or something. Like, I just can't yeah. find it in me. It's gone. And But I guess when you're being creative, you – you know, people just think you're mixing colours and just having a lovely old time, but your brain is working on so many different levels. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't actually um, think about the artwork I'm making at the time, I guess. Uh, well, I, I probably do, an, again, like a subconscious level, but not literally like, oh, I don't like that or I do like that. It's more... Um, I'll be thinking about something else or listening to music or something like that and then that stuff is happening in the background. 
Is that called lateral thinking? Oh, I don't know. Okay. It's fascinating. Isn't it fascinating how, yeah, art's created, how different people create their art. I find it so interesting. Like your, your, your mind is just doing it and your body's just doing it and you're not really thinking about it, but you are. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that makes that makes no sense. <laughs> but it makes a lot of sense. Sorry, it's gotten very deep very quickly. We better <laughs> let's rewind a little bit. We'll okay. go because I think your journey is really inspiring and interesting as well. And I know lots of our listeners are creatives who might be doing it as a passion project, like a little side thing. Um, and people that are doing it full time, I know that yeah, this is gonna be a really good chat for people. So Let's rewind. Where did you grow up? Ah, I grew up in a small town in the Waikato, so Te Aumuru. And I had, I have um, one. Is that north or south island? uh, North island. So we're about an hour and a half away from Auckland. Okay. Okay. And then sort of in the, it's like the dairy hub. So we're inland. There's lots of lush green paddocks everywhere and mountains and then but although not like South Island mountains just like hills really (laughs) (laughs) and then so Mount Maunganui is about an hour and a half away that side and Raglan's about an hour away on that side of the coast so it's it's really central place yeah and beautiful I imagine yeah sorry I interrupted oh that's your sister oh I have one sister and three little brothers and uh, my dad was is a butcher, and my yeah. brother was a butcher, and my grandfather was a butcher. <laughs> so we, you know, I was brought up a lot around butcheries and carcasses and meat based things. Which were do you like meat? Um, I do like meat. I don't have a so you know being in a farming community and dealing with that stuff is you have a real understanding of everything and how it all works and stuff and my partner's a hunter so yeah I'm fairly comfortable with the the idea yeah yeah oh you didn't want to go into butchery (laughs) I I did want to go into food Food okay I love love food but yeah no butchering wasn't really a thing that encouraged girls to do because the environment tends to be pretty pretty harsh and cold and <laughs> yeah so what was your childhood like when you're growing up um we were pretty left to our own devices I think you know yeah. little brothers they kept mum busy and we just sort of did what we did she was really relaxed and dad just worked a lot so yeah got a lot of work ethics from him yeah and yeah we just kind of I was definitely creative was making yes. everywhere, whirlwind of, you know, chopping things up and painting things and doing something, so, trying to sew something. <laughs> Where do you think that came from? Um, my mother was heady. Uh, she always enjoyed that stuff but kind of went more into the sciences because I don't know what it is with the arts, but we're always encouraged that you're not going to be able to make a living on it. Like it's literally just you're constantly told that at uni or, you know, um, at college and even as like kids, it's just ah, the psychological idea about it is, you know, I hope it's changing because that was not, it was really hard growing up 
you know, especially at college and stuff and just being like, you know, you can't be an artist. There's only a select few that get chosen basically and they get to go off. Isn't it weird how um, that's just something that's always told to people? Yeah, yeah, it's really, really sad. So, you know, most people go into like, you know, graphic design or fashion or something that has seems to have a more stable job situation, which makes sense. Um, I guess, but mm, it didn't really help me when I was young because <laughs> I wasn't yes. that good at any much else. So, yeah. Isn't that funny? So did you, so when you left school, mm-hmm. did you know what you wanted to do? What did you go and do? Uh, I always, always wanted to be an artist, but, you know, it seemed like such a far, you know, out of reach goal. It just wasn't even... I didn't even consider it really. So I went um, and did sort of like a gap year in the mount and just waitress and stuff like that. And then I was, I got kind of bored of that and decided to do fashion. Yes. So I went to New Plymouth and uh, started a fashion degree there. And, yeah, I, I excelled at the art stuff. So we did like life drawing and all the designing on the um, illustration stuff. But then I did not like the sewing. <laughs> no. It wasn't. I studied fashion too and the, the sewing was really hard. Yeah, I even liked the pattern making because of the, you know, the mathematical stuff. You know, you had equations, you could just work it out from a base pattern, but the actual sewing was not for me. I was far too rough. And I was like, oh, that, that's good enough, you know, but it was never good enough. So, um, and then I I became pregnant. I don't even know how to say that. You say foul pregnant. Yeah, yeah, just like, fell into it, you know. How old were you then? sounds bad, like. No, no. And how old were you then when you 19. fell into it? 19. 19. Yeah. I know. So um, I... You're, you're advised generally in, like, the fashion industry that children in fashion are not good fits to each other because of the mm. hours that the fashion industry requires. Um, so I kind of was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not really going down this path. And I was, I was pretty unhappy. So my parents came up and they brought me home, which was uh, one of the worst like things that I thought could ever happen to me. Coming back to my, you know, small hometown, pregnant, alone. Uh, Mm. But it it was, you know, like overcoming those fears. Like that was my like worst fear. (laughs) 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 And I, and I did it anyway. And it, it, like, this is where I am now. It's, I wouldn't change it at all. Isn't that funny? Your worst fear is, has ended up being a great thing. Absolute blessing. My daughter Bonnie is a lovely girl. Uh, the I met um, my partner now when she was nine months old. So it's yeah, kind of wow. so we've been together. Um, I think it's will be thirteen years in January. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah. Okay. So she's thirteen now. Yeah. And you have a second child. Yes, Van. Van is uh, seven. Yeah. And he's, um, he's intense. <laughs> <laughs> As the second ones are. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's um but he's getting on off it, you know, they're both at school right now, so I get to do my work. Yes, for those magic four hours where you can be like super productive. I'm sorry for taking you away from your magic four hours. Hopefully you can um Oh no, no, it's okay. I'm having to do ceramics at the moment, so it's sort of I can do that at night and different times. Oh, see, you can, you really do everything. You do ceramics, you do painting, you do drawing. Um, how how do all of those three things link, and how are they different, and 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 why all of them? I find um, oh, the ceramics had a story. That was um, so. I started doing drawing when I was pregnant with Van because I was bored, and I started drawing. Uh, like really hyper-realistic illustrations of baby animals because I was, you know, going to have a baby. Pregnant. Isn't yeah. that weird? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get his room ready or anything. I just drew pictures. <laughs> your, your kind of nesting. Yes, yeah. And then those got picked up um, by a art print gallery sort of shop in Auckland. And so then, so I was doing the drawings and then I had Van and I wanted uh, an escape or a break from the home. So I signed up for um, night classes in pottery. Mm. And I had been loaned a wheel from a family friend. And so I got really, really into that, like obsessively, uh, yeah, very, very much uh, all encompass. Yes, and- yeah. And it was supposed to just be a hobby, but then things started to sell and then that started turning into another monster of itself and I wanted a break from pottery, so I picked up a paintbrush again, which I had told my mum probably like six years before that I didn't think I'd ever paint again. And she said, oh, don't, don't say that, you know, you never know. And so I, I picked up a paintbrush and we were living on the side of Prongyan Mountain at the time and I was surrounded by native bush. Yeah. So that's what I started painting. Oh, it's so lovely. <laughs> and and so you're painting, I'm confused, you're painting from when you were first pregnant as well. Um, so I- when did you actually start when did you decide to become like a full-time artist or has it just been something you've just been doing? It wasn't like a decision. Yeah. I think it happened organically. Yeah. So it's, you know, with art and stuff, it's just, you can create as much as you want, but eventually you run out of space. So, you know, you have to (laughs) to sell, you have to sell things. And so it was a slow, very slow process. And I, had a couple of different exhibitions and I did a domestic series that was just paintings of like internal um, rooms and things because that's what I was surrounded by. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Little kids. And then uh, I was asked to, yeah, do a, to fit out sort of this cafe in Tamahiri and it has these like you know raw brick walls and it's a strawberry farm and has all the stuff around and it's very um not rough it's, it's that word 
rustic. Yeah, very rustic. (laughs) And so the only thing I could really see there would be, you know, floral paintings. And Mm. so I was like, well, um, like I I said before, (laughs) I'll give it a go even though I said I'd never do flowers. So why did you why did you say that you'd never do flowers? I find, or I did at the time. Um, every time I attempted a garden based painting, I found the information overload of the lines and the leaves and the flowers and the shadows and the light just so much for my brain and my mind to try and process and my eyes. And it was just yeah, I, I, I couldn't get through it. But what I figured out was that actually just needed time like it wasn't going to be completed in four hours yes it's going to you're going to have to come back to it you're going to have to you know work through and relook at things and see like every time you come in the morning to the studio and you're working on a piece you get to you have this like split moment you get to see it like maybe the way everybody else sees it yes and so I get to go oh okay that needs a bit more there and I don't this feels weird here. Yeah. And I can work with that. But yeah, I just tried to finish them too quickly, I think, when I first started. And I, I did start um, originally with doing much more realistic garden paintings, okay. which have been, rece- they were received really well and people really liked them, but I felt like they were too close to the original impressionist and post impressionist work that I, you know, I don't want to replicate stuff that's already been, mm. we've already had that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So those ones behind you. Oh, yes, I know. So I'm sitting <laughs> in front of some of the artworks of Carmel's and the front one here I think I'm keeping for my own house because I'm just so obsessed by it and I've wanted one of yours but we they sell too quickly um we've never really had any on the walls because they always sell in transit so I just um I just feel like I could stare at this forever Mm. so I think that's why I need to have it Jess (laughs) doesn't want me to have it but I I think (laughs) I know (laughs) I'll still I'll still put it out but, um, yeah, I love, and we are saying before we started um, recording that they're a bit like a magic eye. Yes. Like the magic yeah. eye books. There is a, a process to the painting of those particular styles. So that got really loose and gestural, like these new works, and they are incredibly fun for me to paint. Like some, there's sometimes there's frustrating moments, you know, when things just aren't working and you can't figure out why. But most of the time it's just flows and I go, oh, that colour, oh, that feels right and, you know, like it, you you feel it as you're doing yes. it. So those ones, the magic eye story is that I'll often, yeah, change my peripheral vision while I'm painting so I can focus in on a particular colour or shade or something like that so I get, I know it's like finding a balance without finding a balance because nature is nature is so irregular that I think it's when people like a lot of the time I'm painting these from my mind not from a photo or anything and it's so natural for humans to want to fix that irregularity 
know, make it even or balanced or something like that. And the trick is to not do that because nature, the beauty of it is it's so irregular. You know, a flower might be perfect, but there'll be like one bush has got all the flowers on one side and none on the other and Mm. random. Perfectly imperfect. Exactly. Yes, that's right. Yeah. They're amazing. So why do you why do you think you create? Oh, it's a big question. That Sorry, is a big question. Um, Luckily, just, you have a wine. <laughs> <laughs> I just i I need to. Yeah, like it's it's nice to have breaks every now and then, but I feel flat if you know the breaks too long and I haven't made anything. I mean, it could, maybe I'm addicted to creating. I don't know. <laughs> but, I, yeah, it fulfills me. And it's not so much the, the end process, like the, the end piece that I've created. It's the actual process that I, I enjoy the most. And if someone, you know, likes it in the end, then I've managed to achieve something, some sort of connection with somebody else that I might not ever meet. But that's a, a really nice, rewarding feeling to know that I've somehow connected with another human being, even though I pain alone and isolation. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that lonely in your studio on your own or is it? Very much. I mean, I sometimes I really don't want to see people. Mm-hmm. So you get that standard. Most artists are like extroverted introverts. So we want people to you know, see our work and notice us and connect with us. And then we're like, but also stay away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I will sometimes I'll just go out and get a coffee just so I can talk to the cafe people, you know, just to have that human connection. And then I'm a little bit filled up and can go back. Do you feel like you ever need that feedback from someone else? Like, in a, if you'd ever have a shared studio space, if someone was like, that part's not working, or do you feel like you you know deep within yourself what's yeah. what's working and what's not? I think I'd probably get pretty annoyed with them pretty quickly. Mm. I was working with somebody else. I have I have worked um, as a potter, as a resident artist, and it's very hard because you go into like a certain place in your mind when you're making stuff. And, like, I tried to do it during lockdown, you know, with the kids around and that interruption, it just, it's like it's someone's ripping you out of something. Like mm. you're just being pulled out and you go, like, really? <laughs> do I have to stop what I'm doing right now? And I'm not even thinking about anything. But it must be some different place I go to if I, you know, feel like I get pulled out of it. So, yeah, no, I, the isolation is needed. And I generally listen to music because mm. it's non-invasive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have occasionally I'll do podcasts, and they they're the same. Like I can zone in on them, and then there's still a painting is made. So it's so weird, I isn't it? I just yeah, but you need you need the isolate. Like you know, different people work differently, don't they? So you need your own space. And I and I like the breaks too. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I would really struggle with, you know, 
the social aspect of you were constantly dealing with other people and having them um, maybe say what they want to say about your work or, you know, because at the end of the day you have to decide whether you think something's good or whether it's finished or not. And, mm. yeah, it's it's because it's you. You're putting yourself out there and your work out there and then you, you know, you have to accept what it is. Mm. You send it on its way. <laughs> and everyone has differing opinions, don't they? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. You could love something, the next person hate it. Like, no, it's so, everyone's so different. Yeah. So what's your design process like? You mentioned before that, um, you know, you paint from your mind, but um, mm. tell me a bit more about your process. Oh, well, it first started with um, my sister had it has a flower garden like she's a grower so I use like a professional grower yeah like a professional grower wow I find that fascinating as well of um, roses and uh, she has this particular English what does she call it it's like a it's kind of like a self-seeding wild English type garden and that was one of my favorite ones because you know the roses are I love the smell of them but they're, you know, they're in rows and it's not got that rambling sort of. Mm-hmm. So I used a lot of her work and then I'll, I'll pull different things from like maybe I'll see a combination in like a fashion shoot or and I'll just be like, oh, I like those colours together or that, you know, I want to go duller or I want to do this. And then when I start the work, so even if I have a photo, it kind of is a base there or I'll pull from several photos, but I I tend to give up on them pretty early on in the piece and just let it let it go. Like I often I'll be like I'm going to do you know a quiet piece like a one with not too many colours. I can never do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I start with this intention. I'm just like nope, nope, it's not not right. And so the colours start coming in. I really enjoy being able to manipulate um nature and our perception of what we're seeing in the work because like none of my colors are realistic and I like I like that that I can create something like completely on its own Mm. comes from nature but it's not really that anymore no no oh I love that (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm so interested by your sister's field. You'll have to put that on um, by her on your Instagram. Yeah, well, we've got the, uh, we do, that's why I'm doing pottery at the moment. I do uh, an event with her called Flora and Clay. So people buy tickets and they come and they get good food and wine and they'll get a vase from me mm. and really will let them go in her gardens with snips and buckets and they come and pick whatever flowers they want, and then she helps them arrange the flowers into a vase. Oh, my goodness. That sounds like my dream event. It's a really neat event. We've had, like, for the last three years, we've had really good um, weather. So fingers crossed for this year again. And, yeah, normally, like, 14 to, like, 20 ladies. We've never had any men, but that doesn't mean we won't one day. Yes. Uh, and a lot of them are florists or, you know, just – and some people travel really far to it. So it's a oh yeah, cool. fun event to host and 
I tend to, uh, they have to choke, like, so they get um, allotted numbers for the vases. So there's always more than the people choosing. And then they get to switch back and forth to find the one they want. And I normally have to leave the room by then because it's too hard to watch people go, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, how beautiful. What a beautiful little collaborative event between yeah. you guys. Does, I, my only fear would be for your sister that someone would go crazy and just pick way too many flowers. Or is the garden just so vast? It's It's got a lot. I mean, it's the first bloom for the roses at the time. So there's there's a lot to choose from, and people, yeah, they, I think people just generally very they're very good with that stuff. Like they might have some extra, and she always has extra foliage, like huge tables of different weird things that they can stuff in the vases and vase. Sorry, I can even I never know how to say that vase vase. Which one? Is oh, that? I didn't know if vase was like New Zealandish vase oh, vase. vase. <laughs> oh, who knows? Who cares? Vase. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we've never had anyone go over the top. I mean, they only have one bucket. They'd have to be True. Really cramming them True. in. True. <laughs> True. Oh, my gosh. So that sounds amazing. So the ceramics, I um, do you feel when you're doing the ceramics and when you're doing art, I mean painting, mm-hmm. are you feeling those same emotions or do you feel two different ones as you're creating? Yeah, definitely different. Okay. It's almost like like when I said where it's hard to switch my brain over to suddenly be mom again or something like that. Um, ceramics and art, just totally different. I find it so hard to go between them. So it's easier if I just stop doing one for the month. Or like for these ceramics, I hadn't thrown anything for a year and that – proved to be a challenge <laughs> very much so I thought I, I thought I'd just like you know because I've got like five years of experience and I used to be a teacher as well um and wheel throwing and so I thought I'd just jump back on and it would just work and it didn't and I had one of the hardest porcelain clays I've ever worked with and I was crying at night to my partner I was like I don't know what to do I can't I can't throw and I've got to make all these things and he's just like, oh, maybe it just takes, you know, some time to get back into. And then the next day I tried and I was, I was fine. I just had to start small and work bigger pieces. I guess it is like memory, like working a muscle, isn't it? It's practice. Yeah. And- yeah. So my, it's like your eye-hand coordination. I imagine if I have too big a break from painting, I'll have the same problem. And mm. I don't where I'm painting, my hand just goes and my eyes are sort of just glazing over the whole piece. Mm. so yeah it's getting that hand-eye coordination and with ceramics it's like a feel because you you know you're intuitively feeling the clay rather than looking at it Mm. yeah Mm. yeah and I just practice always practice practice makes perfect it does or close to perfectly imperfect maybe we should say actually so I'm like interested do you think being self-taught is a positive or a negative? Oh, that one's very debatable. Um, I've had for you, not about other people. For you, yeah. For I've had a lot of like negative thoughts about not being, you know, classically trained. I guess 
we'd call it. Uh, it's, you know, almost was very, very hard to put yourself out there when, you know, if you've got a degree, you're like, well, I've got a degree, you know. At least you've got something, <laughs> something telling you that you've, you've achieved something. And so I was just um, winging it, really. And the, the only neat thing I had access to was social media. So mm-hmm. I might have felt insecure about something or about my lack of education, but people were liking things. Yeah. So it gave me this new outlet, you know, to, to engage with people and see how they responded to things and what what they preferred and then I got to make up more of my own voice as I went along and found what I actually liked. So ceramics are definitely more on the back burner. I would much rather paint than make oh, Well, they're just so, if you lose a whole kiln load, which can happen, it's so destroying. Mm. You know, like you, you have to deal with all that grief of everything you made and just something went wrong. Maybe the clay was bad or something. And you just, yeah, it's a very, you have to be very tough to work solely in ceramics. Yeah, but it'd be like, you know, with with the kiln, everything exploding, it'd be like doing 10 paintings and just turning up and they've all burnt, you know, yeah, like yeah. to the ground. That's what it yeah. feels like. And it's, mm. you know, it's, yeah, very, very soul-destroying. Mm. I've had I've had some bad experiences and I was like, I just really, really love painting. If you gave me mm. both. And I still will do ceramics when I want to, but I think I'm pulling them back more into just being a hobby for myself. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned social media before, and that's how I discovered you first. I saw you just pop up on um, Fleur Wood's um, Instagram account, who's one of our other New Zealand artists who also does beautiful florals, and I instantly fell in love with your stuff. and then we started selling it. Like it is amazing social media. Do you love it? Um, I think I've got a, a better balance on it now. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> when, you know, you, you first start on social media, you can probably, I talked to my daughter about it, you know, get absorbed in the, you know, that likes somehow represent yourself or something like that. But yeah, I think I've got a better distance from it. So it's more of a work tool than something I absorb emotionally, if that makes sense. No, no, that makes sense. It makes total sense. Yeah, so originally I went too deep in. And now, (laughs) (laughs) now I'm just kind of like, yeah, just, you know, I post because I will have something I want to post or, you know, just, be like it's I'm still here and it's a great tool for people to connect and um I think it's really interesting that people get to talk to artists now you know before you just talk straight to galleries and dealers and now they come directly and are messaging me and it's like Mm. I've I've talked to um Jamie Oliver before wow I was just like oh Obviously, it'll be, you know, a promo person on your social media who's like, no, it's actually me. <laughs> oh, my God. What was he saying? Oh, we were just talking about meat or something. 
Which, oh, well, yeah. I mentioned him and we were talking about something, and but it was very the short. Butcher's daughter. Hmm? Sorry? The butcher's, you're a butcher's daughter. Of course yeah. that's what you'll be talking to Jamie all around. Yeah, so that was years and years ago. So it's really changed everything. People aren't so distant now. Mm. You can literally interact with, like, famous people and creatives and musicians and artists and yeah everybody and so we have this whole new world that we are navigating really yeah because it's funny because I feel like I know you even though we haven't met so I feel like I've sort of you know I feel like yours is you're a great account to follow because you really show the behind the scenes Mm. the way you create an artwork as well and and you sort of share the highs and the lows too, like the struggles of, um, which I think is really great rather than showing like the finished product all the time. I think it, it takes people on that journey, which I think is so great. Yeah, it's it's very important to me to be authentic. Mm. And I, I don't want people to ever think that like my life's amazing and everything's always amazing because it's not. Like there's always these struggles and I think it means that they can connect better with my work because it's like, it, I'm a human like you and mm. and I always we're always going through different things and so it's I just I enjoy it you know and then I forget that I might have said something a year ago and someone might read it and <laughs> I'm like oh no that was ages ago like it's like a diary <laughs> oh like a public diary I know you can't you just can't even go back and look no it's like oh no. <laughs> I don't think that was a smart thing to do or say or take a photo of. I know it's weird like that. I was um, there was something you put on Instagram like a little while ago that I felt really resonated about um, people wanting to know the meaning behind your artwork. Mm-hmm. Can you tell people about that? Uh, what well, I feel like there's always these two worlds where we've got uh, you know the more the high high end contemporary artwork stuff that is very much about the story or the meaning behind the work and it's fully integrated with the work but it's not you can't you can't look at it and then suddenly go I understand this you have to be explained the meaning of it really and then we have this other side where it's like people you know should be able to make up their own minds about a work and it should resonate with them and so I think it's it's good to know the background story sometimes but it's also neat to just go in and see a work and be like I just love it mm. it's, it speaks to me and it is what it is so yeah I guess um like I've had artists that I've followed or liked especially some post-impressionist ones and it's like I loved their work growing up as a kid and then I find out they, like, married some 13-year-old girl and, you know, it's sort of like, uh, like I still like their work but they were horrible people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though, isn't it, that sometimes um, the worth of an artwork is, is like how deep and meaningful it is, you know, instead of just like, which I think your work is that I'm sitting in front of here, that it's just bloody beautiful and it's amazing and it's pretty 
and and you want to look at it for life, which I think so joyous. You know, it doesn't have to be about the decay of life or the, I don't know, like it doesn't have to be deep. No, no, and I suppose um, for the artist, if they want to do that and that's their driving force, then that's important for them. But as a viewer, you you know, you can make up your own mind about things. So I just can say this is what it was for me, but you, you're, what is it? Uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Totally. It will be a totally different experience, really. So for me, looking at my work, like I see a lot of time. Time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually like uh, my last exhibition called Rhythm was focused on that time. So it's about like how you can see the individual brush marks. And so you are actually aware of the artist's process, how much time has gone into it, and you can see it all, you know, separated. And it was, yeah, I for me, looking at my work, I see the time. Certain areas are probably are not happy with <laughs> uh, that or something. And I also, for me, I don't, I think it's interesting when people often say that my work's pretty or beautiful because for me, like the paint marks are so, they're quite brutal. Mm. You know, if you go up close, they're just marks and slash yeah. and stuff. But it's when you stand back and you get the whole scene that just can't keep still. And, yeah, so it's just different for me looking at the mm. work. Yeah, there is a lot of movement in them, isn't it? A lot of movement. I remember my mum telling me when I was young, I did a painting, and she said, you can capture movement. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but cool. And, yeah, I still feel like somehow there's, I can capture a moment, but it's it doesn't just represent one single moment. It represents so much more because it's moving, it's doing different things. Mm-hmm. And it's, you, you can't really settle your eye on these pieces it kind of continuously roams Mm. yeah and I think that's that is the success of a of a great artwork in that um you know I've got artworks in my own home that I still want to stare at Mm -hmm. you know you're sitting in your living room and you know you can you're just eyes wandering around so I think your art it's so true you don't get stuck on one spot to be, yeah, to be surprised, I suppose, every time you see it or yeah. to to have some sort of emotional response, then if I can do that for people, then I think I've, I've succeeded. Totally. You know what? I'm keeping that artwork behind me. I'm not going to let Jess talk me out of it. I'm totally keeping it. Okay, righto. What, what gives you the most joy in being an artist? Oh, it would be that that connection with people. I've had a lot of uh, new art buyers over the last year or so. So these are people who have never bought art before and they've wanted to buy my piece. And I think that for me has been, you know, because you can get like your serious art buyers, but to actually feel like you've made a bridge to people who have never done this before and they're like, no, I, I want it. I'm going to do this. And maybe it's opened up a whole new world for them to buying, you know, other artists' work, I, that for me is such a nice feeling. It's just yeah, that's cool. a, a bridge for people. A, a pretty bridge. <laughs> and, and what do you see, what's, 
What's the most challenging part? Um, Time management. I seem to continuously over or underestimate myself and think I can achieve something when it clearly is going to take much more time than I think. So I think that's a positive outlook though as well. You know, you bite off a bit more than you can chew perhaps. I, I always do. And I like to say yes to people. It's very hard for me to say no. I have said no occasionally. I'm getting better at it. But it means that I spread myself really thin. Mm. And sometimes I just want to bring myself back together and be able to, you know, not be stressing about all this other stuff and just be like, I'm picking my kids up from school and I'm fully present as a parent. Mm. That, would be, that would be a nice feeling. So I think I'm, I'm getting there, but it's a process. Like I get mm. quite obsessive and just want to do my work or just want to cook or just want to pot or something. And, yeah, they've had to – my kids have had to sort of work around me with that. But, yeah, they're good kids. <laughs> yeah. So do you feel like you've got – I hate the work-life balance thing, but do you feel like you've got a balance? You know, you've got two kids and you've pulled in all these different directions creatively, but do you feel like? Well, I still, yeah, I can still take them to sports things and the doctors if I have to and I haven't had my hair done for a while, but I can I do oh, manage. it still looks good, <laughs> God. I do manage to fit things in. It's just kind of, I suppose there's maybe one day a week where I'm just like, I just want to read a book. Like I, I can't do anymore. It's like burnout really. So, yeah, I, I don't think I've got the best balance, but I'm surviving. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even and know yeah. when people think they've achieved the best balance. I don't know how you define that. So I think maybe it could be just survival. Yeah. Work-life survival <laughs> is almost better. Yeah. What's been your career highlight? so far mm. Mm. well the sellout exhibition in Auckland one week after New Zealand had its lockdown mm. that was a pretty big highlight so I think we sold maybe 60 or 70 percent on the opening night and then New Zealand went into our first lockdown and lists from Tura Gallery kept selling the works throughout that. So that was, you know, incredible because it was, yeah. it was chaos. We had no idea what was happening. We couldn't, only time we could leave our house was to get groceries. It was, yeah, really crazy time. Um, actually, I've got more highlights. Get into another country, Australia. <laughs> that, that was a major goal for me. So I know I was pushing myself to get this stuff completed, but I just couldn't pass up that opportunity. I wanted to, you know, to not. Hopefully by the time this comes out, it's a sellout. Sold out show. Sellout? Sold out. What do you even say? (laughs) Sellout sounds bad. Sold out. (laughs) Sold out. Um, Well, I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, And working with Juliet Hogan. I know, and that's she's a fashion designer in New Zealand, and you're currently wearing one of her silk dresses covered in oh, wow. your beautiful florals. The dress is named after me. Isn't that so lovely? It's so special. 
It is. And so I, that was, um, I got to make a painting for her like over a year ago. So I couldn't tell anyone about it for a very long time. And so they had an in-house designer rework the painting. And then, so I knew this was going to be amazing. I got samples of the fabric, but I had to keep completely quiet. So that was that. We real couldn't do that. <laughs> mm. And then it, Not then very it, good at and yeah, it was just such a, a neat feeling. Like collaborations are just so much fun because it's not just you, you know. You get to work in with other people and different things. Totally. Do you have like a dream project that you'd like to work on? <sighs> I think I would love to do a mural. Ooh. Yeah, oh, gosh. Like obviously I'm working larger scale on canvases. But I've never been able to do something really big. Oh, my God. My brain is going crazy. That's great. Yeah. You should come to Australia and do a mural. <laughs> when you down tender. That would be great. <laughs> Imagine. That would be, oh, my God, I can just see it now. Like it would be long. <laughs> long. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. Okay. Do you have... Any advice for um, listeners out there that might be wanting to turn their creative passion into a full-time gig or not even a full-time gig, just to have the confidence to say they're an artist? I guess it's about, uh, well, you get to just start saying you're an artist. That's I've gotten over that. That was a hard point. It's um, I remember, you know, talking about it and really struggling to be like, I'm an artist. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm an artist. Yeah. No talk about <laughs> <laughs> um, No, I'd say treat it like a job. So even if you don't feel like any inspiration, you don't feel like working, you know, do some drawing, do your bills, do your things. Like you've got to treat it like a job and get up, even if you're hungover and do your work. And also... I've never done well when approaching like galleries or anything myself personally. It's always worked when I've just sat back, stopped trying and waited to see if anyone came to me. Mm. So, Cause I think most of the time stores and galleries and uh, collaborations and everything, those people have an idea in their minds. And if you come knock on their door, they're not, they've already, you know, got plans and ideas. So it'd best that, I don't know, just put yourself out there and hope that you meet someone's idea. Mm. Like if you're creating great stuff, the people will come. Yeah, yeah. And if, yeah. I mean, a lot of people will just do things for hobby and it's not it's not easy. Like I'm worried about provisional tax next year because, you know, they they want you to pay more if you earn a certain amount. And it's like, but you don't know as an artist if you're going to sell that year. You don't know. There's no real set, like, income. And that's why I originally started doing uh, teaching ceramics because at least then, like, this is a set income. Yeah. Uh, but now I, yeah, don't really have time for that sort of stuff. So I guess, yeah, you just got to put yourself out there. That's probably the best advice I'd give people. And things will either happen or they won't. And you can't, yeah, you can't really do much about that, can you? No. That's good, though. That's good advice. And, like, one other thing I was talking to mum about the other day, 
do you reckon everyone can draw? You know, I was having this thing with mum because I don't think everyone can sing. Like I don't think I can sing, but I think everyone can draw that it's about looking. Do you think that's it or do you think it's about practice? This is a very random question. Well, your your comment about singing, I mean, they might not be singing well, but they are singing. So True. It's not True. Similar, but, so everyone can draw because you take a piece of paper and a pencil and you draw a line, you're mm-hmm. drawing. Mm-hmm. So everyone can draw. It's Unfortunately, a lot of people are told when they're young, I know it could be an auntie or a teacher or someone just there will be a small snippet like you're good at this or you're not good at this and you get mm-hmm. people say oh, I can't draw at some point someone would have said something to them mm-hmm. and they take that with them into their adult life but they most definitely can mm-hmm. even if it's a stick figure it's still drawing sorry such a random question but yeah okay what does the future look like for you um, don't need- worry about your provisional tax. Don't worry. About <laughs> I need to finish uh, renovating the house. That would be. I keep putting it on the back burner because I'd rather, rather paint. I find that much easier than you know telling a kitchen designer how to make a kitchen or something, or you know what I want. Uh, but for me, the future would be to do more things overseas as well as New Zealand. So I would love to get into a place like New York or something. Yeah. But uh, it's, that area is not looking that great at the moment. <laughs> oh, it'll come good. I can totally <laughs> see that for you. I just or think. Or even France or Italy or, you know, uh, just anywhere. I still want to, you know, maintain my strong base in New Zealand and make for people here but it's just it's such a big world yeah and the world is your oyster it is especially now with social media totally i know it's just taken down all barriers and it's so exciting okay are you ready for the jumbled mixed bag oh okay (laughs) what (laughs) what is the best piece of advice that someone's ever given you oh Oh, I had an art mentor, uh, Gay Jurisic, and she would often, it wasn't necessarily advice to me personally, but we'd be talking about art or something and she'd be like, it's too slick, it's too slick. And I think it means when things come, you know, there's there's no tension in the work. It's too, you know, flowing or whatever. But I think that was the best advice because sometimes I'll just be like, when something's not working, I'm like, oh, it's too slick. It's just not <laughs> Muck it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but I think that's that irregularity I'm looking for. You know, if I made every single bush with the same amount of flowers and the same sizes, it would become slick. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. What is your ultimate colour combination? Ooh. Oh, there's so many. That's a hard one. Like there's literally so many different colours I can create that sit next to each other and they vibrate and do different things. Mm. Uh, there's a like a magenta pink that's mixed almost with an ultramarine blue 
and it makes this kind of like almost neony mauve. Mm. So that against maybe like a pastel yellow. <laughs> like, oh, it sounds amazing. No, that's beautiful. It's sort of like yeah. a, a lemony yellow, like a mauve type. Purple. On my artwork? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, how you say the colours vibrate. Yeah, I next think to each other. There's certain colors that like create a vibration. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, what should we do when we come and visit New Zealand? Oh, Ragland. That's the one thing we should do. Where? Ragland. It's the um a surf beach on the west coast and it's just a little kind of village type rugged place but it's very very special yeah I've written that down I'm coming and we can get over there (laughs) what to you is the best smell in the whole entire world oh I really really like jasmine Mm. so when you it's like with the exhibition uh the blog piece I wrote for that you know jasmine can really knock your socks off when you're walking past and you go, where is it? Where is it? You know, the one that grows over everything, it's kind of nasty. That or like fried garlic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two very different things. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that again is very like, oh, you know, if someone starts frying garlic, they're about to make something, that's pretty amazing too. So, yeah, very different. That's sort of how my brain works. Mm. What is one thing that you could never give up? Ah, oh, I would like to say wine, but I think I could give that up. Uh, would be probably tea. <laughs> tea. Like I drink tea every morning. I have since I was a kid. That would be a weird feeling to not have tea. Mm. Yeah, just normal tea. Yeah, just gumbo. I think do you guys call it gumbo. Just oh, a- no gumbo. I don't think so. <laughs> you New Zealanders. <laughs> Yeah, just tea. Do you have a secret talent? Well, you've got lots of talents, but do you have any secret um, ones? Talent? Not really. I like to cook, but I don't know if that's much of a secret because sometimes I put it on my social, my story feeds so people get overwhelmed with just food pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that's secret anymore. Uh, yeah, no. Maybe I'll make yeah. it. Yeah, well, you've got lots of others, so you don't really need to try and do any more. And if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what do you think you'd be doing? Hmm, cooking. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be cooking. I'd want a, like a little Italian bistro or something like that, yeah. Oh, with a beautiful kitchen garden and... Yeah, and just like really authentic, simple food. That's what I – and good wine matching, I think. That's always like a backup plan if, you know, somehow being an artist just kind of falls off the radar. You can always go and have some sort of food place. Oh, totally. That makes me hungry. Even <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about it. Yeah, it's lunchtime over here now. Um, that's been so lovely chatting to you, and it honestly – makes me love your art even more 
which is just I didn't think was possible. So thank you and thank you for sharing with us your process and everything and um, it's lovely talking to you. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for, you know, believing in me to be able to send this work over. I mean, it's a huge um, process for both of us and it was so neat that you guys reached out and that we've managed to achieve this. Yeah, no, it's so good. Dream team. Thank okay. you. Thanks. <laughs> Yay. Hey, thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.